0: Is going down tonight, y'all. Full gear, live on pay-per-view at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to kick off the hype train with my final predictions for the event. I got every single prediction correct for All Out last September, so spoiler alerts incoming. (laughs) Right or wrong, it's going to be a banger of a show, and I'm super excited. I'll be tweeting live during the event, Lalo underscore THR. That's Lalo, L-A-L-O underscore T-H-R. Plus, I've got some golden nuggets from Tony Khan in regards to ROH stars potentially joining AEW. As well as that massive tape library, and if Tony Khan will buy it, well, he answers. Plus, Kurt Angle says, Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler of all time. Okay, I've got your Rampage review and more on the highlight. lalo thr here i'm gonna dive right into my final predictions for the full gear pay-per-view card going down tonight as i said at 8 p.m eastern and i'm gonna start from the bottom up thunder rosa and hikaru shida take on Nyla rose and jamie hater in the buy-in i'm gonna go with Nyla rose and jamie hater and I know typically pre-shows put over the baby faces to kind of set the tone for the night, you know. But Nyla and Jamie need this win more, especially on the part of Nyla Rose. And it's a low-stakes matchup. You know, it's not gonna hurt Shida or Rose, uh, Rosa to lose this match. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick Nyla Rose and Jamie Hader over Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida. The super click take on Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express. I believe this is that uh, Minneapolis street fight or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's going to be like a no DQ, I believe. Uh, Or false count anywhere. Uh, Nonetheless, I'm going to go with the super click because Adam Cole, baby... Is not going to lose his very first pay-per-view matchup. I don't care if it's, you know, hit, you know I don't care if it's the Bucks who eat the pin or whatever either. It, it, it's going to be the super click. The Inner Circle taking on the Men of the Year and America's Top Team. Now, I originally was picking a Men of the Year and America's Top Team. But after the way Dynamite ended with Jericho being put through a table and then put in his own finishing hold by Dan freaking Lambert... <laughs> I can't imagine Inner Circle losing on pay-per-view after that. So I'm going to go with the Inner Circle by way of Jericho making Dan Lambert tap out. Because that's what everybody wants to see. Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. This is an easy one. Uh, Most definitely Malachi and Andrade are winning this. It's pertinent to note that this will be both Andrade and Malachi Black's first pay-per-view match. There's no way they're losing. Obviously, Andrade was slated to face Pac at All Out last September. Pac could not make the show as he was in the UK and had travel issues to deal with. Unacceptable, but here we are, and now they're facing off in that tag match. So again, Andrade, Malachi Black, uh, it's a done deal. They're going over mjf versus darby allen mjf brother he's not gonna eat two pay-per-view losses in a row considering how strong AEW has booked mjf these last two years um that loss to jericho at all out was an anomaly obviously he beat jericho like uh, twice i think ahead of that match so yeah it is what it is mjf is going over darby allen Miro versus Brian Danielson in the finals of the world title eliminator. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm going to go against the grain here and I'm going to pick Miro uh, as it just makes way more sense to me. Um, You know, listen, if if Miro wins the bout, he'll be a great first opponent a great first program for adam page as the new aew champion as opposed to if brian wins this bout and faces adam page for the title or whatever that's not i mean you have two baby faces going against each other they're both beloved you have this crazy character redemption arc for adam page i mean I understand that they can easily make this a feel-good matchup with two guys with respect for each other, a handshake to open it, a handshake to close it. I just don't think we're there yet. Brian Danielson has so many fish to fry right now. I don't think Dan- I don't think Brian cares. About winning the AEW title, I think he just wants to elevate as many people as he can. Um, and there's so many others right now that he can go. I, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? There's Brian Danielson, Lee Moriarty, Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, um, and so much more. You know, it just makes more sense for Miro to be the first big monster opponent for Adam Page to overcome. And it won't hurt Miro to lose those matches as he already beat Brian Danielson. That's all people are gonna remember. you know he's the man that gave the American dragon his first loss. Dr Britt Baker DMD versus Ty Conti for the aew women's championship Britt Baker. Britt Baker is easily gonna win this match. another very predictable one. Thunder Rosa is the only woman that makes sense to dethrone baker for the women's title the story writes itself in similar fashion to the omega page saga that we're gonna see unfold tonight in that main event i'm so excited man lucha bros defending the aew tag team championship against ftr oh man You know, I low-key want FTR to win this match so they can win the AEW titles and they will cement their legacy as one of, if not the greatest tag team of all time, based on the distinction they have of having won the NXT tag team titles, the Raw tag team titles, the SmackDown tag team titles, the AAA tag team titles, and now the AEW tag team titles. That would be an unprecedented moment in the history of professional wrestling. But as much as that would be a giant moment, um, for prediction's sake, I gotta pick the Lucha Bros. Um, their, Their tag team title reign has been kind of mediocre. Um, it, not, not in my opinion specifically, but I've seen some fans talk about it, that they've been kind of weak tag team champs thus far. I mean, they defended against the butcher and the blade and the acclaimed, not exactly world beaters in the tag division right now, you know? So in, in essence, this match is their first real big title defense taking on Las Superanas. <laughs> so Lucha Bros are going over FTR and will retain the tag straps. C.M. Punk. Eddie Kingston. Man. You want to talk about the heart and the mind having major difference of opinion. I'm stumped, man. This, this is... You know, my heart is telling me... No, 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 no. My heart is begging that Eddie Kingston nabs the biggest win of his entire career Beating CM Punk on pay per view. It'd be like the ultimate Rocky Balboa moment, you know? Rocky Balboa beating Apollo Creed. But my mind is bringing me back to reality. CM Punk and Brian Danielson are AEW's biggest attractions. And it's very, very difficult to imagine Punk losing his second pay-per-view match with the company after one of the greatest wrestling debuts and moments of all time in the history of this industry. You know, I just wonder where Eddie goes from here after he loses. Because I'm, I'm just going to say it. I pick him, Punk to win this match but but make no mistake deep down inside of my core I am rooting for Eddie Kingston man big time I'm rooting for him uh to win this match but I know it's going to be punk I just I can't imagine you know it's it's one thing I want to say is it's like this is one of those matches though where I feel like CM Punk would be would be uh What's the word I'm looking for? Like, he'd be politicking to make Eddie win this match. Like, I could just totally see CM Punk telling Tony Khan and Cody and whoever, the EVPs, like, you know what? Eddie should go over, man. I don't want to win this match. After that promo he cut and after that, that article that was written about him, Players Tribune and everything and he's like come on man he's 40 years old like this will be the he's like in his 40s right he's about to be 40 this will be the pinnacle right here like eddie should go over me like i feel like punk would be saying that you know like eddie kingston should go over i mean i'm i'm a made man you know cm punk i could go uh, i could go feud with max caster bro (laughs) and that'll be ratings it don't matter. Um. Eddie deserves this win. Let him go over. So it's hard, bro. It's hard. Like, I pick CM Punk, but I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if then again. Like, if he's laboring, harboring, whatever the word I'm looking for, he's politicking for Eddie Kingston to go over. So if, it, I'm gonna tell you this if Eddie Kingston wins this match, then that tells you all you need to know that CM Punk, I guarantee you, if Eddie wins this match, CM Punk is the reason he won the match because he told Tony Khan backstage that Eddie should go over. That's that's I'm telling you right now. If Eddie wins this match, that means Punk labored for Eddie to go over. So um but I'm picking Punk at the end of the day. The main event Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. Adam Page cowboy shit himself he's finally going to capture the big one after two years of scratching clawing hustling doing cowboy shit doing everything he can to get this moment and coming up short every single time i you know there's some fans out there who think this match is rushed they think this match is rushed because it, I mean it kind of is if you just started watching AEW like if you just started watching AEW this year um then yeah the the match is kind of rushed you know I mean what Adam Page makes a little return after a hiatus and wins a, a Casino Ladder match and suddenly he's propelled to the main event a full gear for the title yeah it seems like lazy booking it seems like it's rushed guys this match has been building for 2 years I'm going to tell you right now, since 2019, this match has been brewing. They have a history together of being a part of the elite. Um, Adam Page and Kenny Omega having a falling out. Then Adam Page scratching and clawing to get to the title and losing a previous uh, title eliminator against Kenny Omega, in which Kenny Omega would end up winning the strap and gloat about it and feud with Adam Page some more. And then Adam Page comes up short again. In that tag team eliminator, or tag team elimination match rather, which the stipulation designated Adam Page no longer a contender for the title. This this is a story that is going to see the ultimate redemption for a beloved guy in Adam Page. And you you can't write a better Hollywood script because this guy just had a baby, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I think his baby was born already. Um, And now he's on the precipice of being world champ after fighting for it for two years and coming up short every time. It's the working man story. You know, it's it's the kind of story that motivates you, uh, whether you like wrestling or not. It's that type of feel-good story that needs to happen. And this is not a rushed match, guys. This match has been brewing for two years. Um, You know, I started this podcast two years ago. And it was for the Full Gear pay-per-view event. And I believe the main event was... Um, I think that was the main event where Jericho and... Was it the one where Jericho and Paige main-evented? I don't know if that was Full Gear. That might have been another one. But it, it's just come full circle for me. You know, in more ways than one. Obviously, starting this podcast, this hobby of mine. And then now seeing Adam Page doing it. It's poetic. It needs to happen. Adam Page will be the brand new AEW World Heavyweight Champion tonight. And if it doesn't happen, because listen, listen, I'm going to tell you this, guys. I picked Miro to beat Brian Danielson. You know, um, so that way, because it makes more sense for him to then feud with Adam Page for the strap. But I'm going to tell you right now. If Brian Danielson beats Miro, then in my eyes, in my mind, in my, I guess, old school booking type of uh, mentality that I have, it would then make more sense for Kenny Omega to retain the AEW championship against Paige and then thus setting up the championship bout between Brian and Omega. Because guess what? There's a story there as well. You had the amazing Arthur Ashe Stadium matchup. 20,000 people in attendance, dude. Just to see Paige and Brian in a non title exhibition that ended in a time limit draw. Now, this can all come full circle here as well. If Brian beats Miro, advances, and then Kenny Omega beats Paige and retains the title, and there you have it. That builds Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega 2. For the World Heavyweight Championship. I could totally see that happening as well. But holy shit. That would be super fucked up. For Adam Page. <laughs> to be going. I mean for two years in the making. And then he comes up short yet again. <laughs> in the main event. My goodness. That would be totally fucked up. To to snub uh Page like that. So. Oh man. That really just kind of. I mean, just thinking about it, just visualizing that really kind of fucked my head up right now, actually. (laughs) Let's get into the Rampage review before my head explodes here. Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish. This match was built by the random attack by Bobby Fish on Dynamite last Wednesday. Immediately following the match, Fish encountered the Super Click backstage and is basically doing Adam Cole's bidding from here on out. Jungle Boy starts fast and ferocious. Bobby has him scouted. He does this like release front suplex onto the top rope, which looked freaking nasty. And by the way, Bobby Fish, you know it. it like while I was watching him, it just dawned on me that Bobby Fish kind of looks like the long lost estranged father of the Vaudevillains. <laughs> Y'all remember the VOD villains? Simon Gotch and Aiden English, <laughs> right? He looks like the long-lost father of them boys, especially on the part of uh, Simon Koch that mustache and everything. Uh, y'all y'all want to see uh, the Undisputed Era have a reunion on AEW. I'd rather see the Vaudevillians show up and, and team up with Bobby Fish. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jungle Boy would win the match via submission victory using the snare trap or STF uh, for the tap-out victory. Adam Cole would hit the ring in the post-match and put the whooping on on uh, Jungle Boy with Bobby Fish. They tease a concerto until Luchasaurus and Christian Cage run in for the save. Now, before I end this, this uh, portion of the review here, uh, you know, they did the concerto. Christian did the concerto on Adam Cole, right? And then Adam Cole appeared literally the following Friday, two days later. On Rampage, right? In his matchup with... Oh man, I can't think of it right now, the name of the guy he wrestled. But the point is, like, he like completely no-sold the concerto. Because, you know, the concerto, at least in WWE, whenever it was done, it was always put over big. Like a a debilitating uh, move, right? Like, whoever got a concerto in WWE, they'd be out of action for at least a week uh, and if they were on TV, they'd be like wearing a neck brace or something to really put over the concerto. Um, but uh, but here I didn't like how Adam Cole took the concerto and he's just fine. You know, he had a match two days later and he's he just did this run in and teased the concerto here on, on Jungle Boy this time. And uh, I don't know. I, I just thought I'd point that out. That's just one flaw. That's that's a nitpick. You know, I, I really think AEW should should sell moves like that a lot better. They should really put it over bigger than, you know, just like a regular chair spot. Miro and Brian Danielson uh, have a video package hyping up the big bout between them at Full Gear. The match is to determine the number one contender for the AEW Championship. Um, Who will face the winner of Page and Omega at some point down the line. It's Miro's time, daddy. I'm telling you right now. You know, as I said in my prediction, it just makes all the more. Look, if Adam Page wins the title, if he does it, it just makes more sense for Miro to thus be his first big opponent and Miro could beat Brian by way of shenanigans let's let let's not listen Miro doesn't have to get a clean win over Danielson if he did it wouldn't hurt Brian in the slightest I'm gonna tell you right now it would not hurt him but I'm just saying like for those of you out there who are just stuck on that oh no Brian no way he can't lose to Miro are you kidding me Uh, nah listen Miro doesn't even need to get a clean win this could be the event where his wife finally shows up. She could distract Brian, um, cause shenanigans, and there you have it. Clever writing, people. That's all it takes. Clever writing. And it hurts nobody. And I mean, Miro has been m- plugging his wife in so many promo, pretty much every promo now, ever since he became God's favorite champion. Which, by the way, I, just going off on a tangent here, going from the best man shtick to god's favorite champion shtick has gotta be one of the greatest character developments or transitions ever like one of the best certainly in aew i'll tell you right now that's gotta be one of the best character changes to ever happen um you know i remember when miro first first came on the scene on aew his run was heavily criticized um you know he was like randomly partnered with kip sabian um and yeah he was the best man and I, I don't know it was just really weird and then he goes from that to god's favorite champion the redeemer and all this stuff that he's doing and he really lost the tnt title prematurely um but you know it is what it is he's on the right track now Hangman Adam Page confronts the Young Bucks backstage, he apologizes to them, says he was an ass and cost them the tag titles a while back, but they cost him a shot at the world title in July, which makes them even. If the Bucks lay a hand on him Saturday when he wrestles Omega, however, he says he will ruin them. I'm really digging Adam Page's like new promo style, where he's just he's got this new layer of intensity that I didn't see from him in the beginning, you know. And this 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 little promo backstage here really shows his how he's upped his promo game. Um, he's just his acting is is so much more intense um, and so much more believable than it was uh, last year and a couple and well, the year before. Jade Cargill squashes Santana Garrett. Nothing to write home about except for in the post-match, Red Velvet, who was seated with with the crowd, she would hop the barricade and she delivers. I'm going to tell you right now, Red Velvet delivers the most beautiful spear I think I've ever seen. Now, who would have thought? The best spear in the business isn't done by Roman Reigns, Goldberg, or Edge, but rather (laughs) Red Velvet. Who would have thunk it? That's got to be the plot twist of the century. Go back and watch it. I'm going to tell you right now. Go back and watch it. YouTube it, right? Rampage results, whatever. And and look at that spear that Red Velvet gave to Jade Cargill. It's, It's picture perfect the way she nailed that spear. Um... So I guess I got to eat my own words when I said that uh, Jade Cargill doesn't even know how to take a bump because she took a hell of a bump there (laughs) on the outside. But is that more to do with Red Velvet just taking her ass down or or to do with Jade Cargill improving, perhaps? Only time will tell. Anyway, Red Velvet, uh, she will face Jade Cargill in the quarterfinal round of the TBS tournament. A video package hyping up the most anticipated match on the Full Gear card between Punk and Kingston is featured. Punk says Eddie will find a way to beat himself because that's his life story. Kingston, meanwhile, basically just claims that Punk is being a phony when he says he wants to help the young wrestlers. This match right here, I really hope that They do like a Japanese-style, strong-style, you know what I mean? Puro-style matchup. If any match uh, deserves that strong-style treatment, it's this match right here. Because this match feels so personal. You want to talk about rushed matches, you know? There's actually some jaded fans out there who, who seem to think that Adam Page... And Kenny Omega is a rushed match. A rushed angle, a rushed match. This right here is actually the real rushed match. And guess what? Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. Because this match sells itself. And then when they cut that kind of promo that they did on Rampage, uh, you know, uh, a week ago. I'm telling you, that's that's one of the greatest in ring face-offs I've ever witnessed. I've been watching pro wrestling since the late 90s. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> I've been I I mean I, I was a WCW guy first, and all my friends were WWF guys, and I used to fight with them all the time. Oh, Goldberg would whoop Steve Austin's ass, and blah blah blah. And you know, I, I have a lot of years watching wrestling but that punk eddie kingston face to face promo in the ring is one of the most compelling and most realistic real feeling induced inducing promos i've ever seen easily i don't even i can't even think of another promo that comes close to that right now off the top of my head i can't think of one you know what i mean I mean, besides, I, I mentioned it last episode. Stone Cold Steve Austin in the King of the Ring cutting that promo on Jake the Snake. You know, you thump your Bible and your your John 316s. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Besides that, I, I don't know. Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, they really created magic in that ring. And I hope they create magic tonight. Full gear. Incidentally, CM Punk, he posted a on his IG story, he said, tonight is for Eddie. And when I seen that initially, I thought that, he's talking about Eddie Kingston. Wow, he's he's gonna put over Kingston? Is that perhaps hinting that CM Punk is gonna put over Eddie Kingston tonight? But today is actually the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, of course, passing away today, November 13th, back in 2005. And, uh, I'll never forget it, man. Just going off on a tangent. I, I was actually in the process of moving out of state uh, from California to South Carolina. So we had everything packed up except I didn't have my uh, computer, <laughs> my PC. Again, I'm old, guys. <laughs> I didn't have no laptop. Nothing. I had a regular ass computer with the tower and everything, a mouse and a keyboard. And I remember just seeing everywhere... On video game uh, forums like GameFAQs and IGN, right? Uh, For the SmackDown vs. Raw message boards. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a nerd. (laughs) And I remember just seeing every thread was saying, R.I.P. Eddie Guerrero. And I was like, what? What what are they talking about? I said, oh, man. Is WWE doing some kind of dumbass storyline that Eddie died or something? So I go to WWE's webpage. And, of course, on the front page... It showed the in-loving memory graphic with Eddie's face on it smiling and, you know, from his birth date to his death date. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks right there. I was like, yeah, you know, WWE is really petty and they have stooped to some unbelievable lows in their history, but they wouldn't stoop this far. And I just crushed me. Then of course I went to all the news outlets, right? Yahoo and uh, M- you know MSNBC, CNN, and of course on every single one of them, uh, professional wrestler Eddie Guerrero has passed away. I'll never forget it, man. Like, oh man, it, it was it was gut wrenching because Eddie was just uh, he he really changed the game for Latinos in professional wrestling, and and most especially for Mexican Americans. You know, um, he he showed you that you can be a star without a mask. You don't got to be a luchador flying around. You can be a star being a a technically skilled, sound Mexican-American wrestler in WWE or anywhere. And so, yeah, I just, I had to go off on this tangent because I remember it's, you know, today is the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death. So, much love. Viva la raza. And, um... There you have it. So CM Punk, perhaps he's paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero, but perhaps it has dual meanings. And maybe he is hinting that Eddie Kingston is going to have a good night tonight. Only time will tell. In a random matchup that I didn't know I needed till this point, Dante Martin takes on Aria Davari. Now I'm going to jump right to the end here as Dante defeats Davari with the springboard moonsault because the real story here is that it appears Team Taz is now trying to recruit Dante Martin as well. Uh, Ricky Starks actually offered Dante a contract and he says they will give him time to think about it as the camera kind of panned in on Dante's face and he has a look of indecision, a look of confusion, a look of... Being overwhelmed here, you know, he has Leo Rush in his corner trying to trying to steer him in the right direction. Of course, Leo was not present for Rampage that night. I don't know where Leo was at. But um Yeah, man. Hey, this is this is a really cool storyline they got going on. I like this idea of multiple factions trying to meddle their way into getting the services of Dante Martin. I think they should totally, like, run with this. Like, I want to see Hardy Family Office now try to recruit Dante Martin. I want to see Andrade trying to recruit Dante Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they should make this into a story where... Dante is like the hottest prospect in the in the game today, and everybody wants a piece of him. Everybody wants him to roll with them, you know, because AEW is all about teams, right? I, I I've realized that it's it's like I, I've complained about it too about way too many factions, but I I kind of see now that they're just like. They're creating a whole new landscape in AEW where everybody is part of some kind of alliance and perhaps it culminates in some kind of event where these alliances collide annually or something. And right now, all these different stables are trying to recruit Dante. I would love to see that. I hope it's not just Team Taz and Leo Rush who vie for his services. They should totally make this into an angle um, where Dante is like the most desired guy right now. That would be very cool. And the signature Rampage screen-to-screen interview ahead of the main event pops off as Mark Henry is joined by Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy as they prepare for their Lumberjack match, which I can't imagine anybody really cared about, to be quite honest. Um, this was kind of a disappointing ending to the live go home edition of rampage i kind of expected them to end with something a lot bigger a lot more substantial to try to grab more last minute pay-per-view buys nonetheless happy to hear that mark henry's signature we've had enough talk it's time for the main event that line has really caught on as the crowd chanted it loudly following him as he said it And incidentally, the crowd was white hot last night for Rampage. I hope the crowd is just as hot tonight for full gear. You love to see it. And in a very weird turn of events, Matt Hardy defeats Orange Cassidy in the Lumberjack match. Of course, it was via shenanigans with brass knuckles after a relatively strong showing for Cassidy and the best friends for that matter who were present at ringside as Lumberjacks. Um, In the end, They would succumb to the Hardy family office faction. Um, I don't know what this leads to. Um, I don't know how long now TK has been trying to push (laughs) the Hardy family office. It ain't working. Um, These guys are not appealing I like Matt Hardy, and that's the thing. I really want to like him, too. Like, he's he's just a likable guy because he's been around, and I, I grew up watching him with the Hardy boys and everything. And, I mean, really, his unforgettable run as Broken Matt, you know, and the amazing things he's done. Uh, he's a very creative guy, but this this Hardy family office, it ain't it. <laughs> it ain't it. It's just not working. Um so I don't I don't get this ending here. It's also weird that on a go home show they have the bad guys reigning supreme to close the show. It's a very weird ending. Um I don't know if uh this was the originally planned ending. Perhaps they were planned for something else, but plans fell through. I don't know because this just seems like a very strange way to close out a live edition of Rampage, the go home show for uh <clears throat> for Full Gear. So Overall, like I said, not quite the go-home show I was expecting, especially from a live edition of Rampage, which are typically very strong shows. Needless to say, my excitement for the full gear pay-per-view has not dwindled in the slightest, though I still don't care (laughs) for the Hardy Family Office in the slightest, no matter how much Tony Khan wants to push them, for whatever reason. Um, not a not a very eventful rampage, guys. This was not a very uh it was an underwhelming show. So full gear is not the only uh big event going down tonight. Uh Buddy Matthews is set to take on one Kazuchika Okada. I really hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> They will do they will duke it out tonight at NJPW Battle in the Valley. Matthews will take on Kazuchika Okada in his biggest match since being released by WWE last June. In a recent interview with Forbes, Buddy Matthews said, quote unquote, Wrestling Kazuchika Okada is in the same ballpark as wrestling Roman Reigns. Hmm. Okay. Uh, The event NJPW Battle in the Valley goes down tonight in San Jose, California at the San Jose Civic Center. Tickets available for the event as of this recording are still available. So I thought this would be um, a good show to plug and talk about because this guy Okada, um, just so you know, he is labeled as one of if not the best current Japanese wrestler right now in the world. One of the or one of the best wrestlers in the world period um in general generally speaking or no matter where he's from and he has been getting teased lately on AEW TV like crazy. Um so there's been crazy speculation of him perhaps appearing at full gear. Well guess what there's no way he can appear tonight at full gear Uh, as he has this booking here with Buddy Matthews in uh, San Jose, California, NJPW, Battle in the Valley. Now, y'all are sleeping on Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy, he is a phenomenal athlete, a very great athlete, and a good wrestler, good worker. He's got the look. The dude is shredded, man. He's jacked um you know he's like he's 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 got like the Malachi black body type but more chiseled um and boy did he have some barn burners with Malachi black let me tell you so it's it's kind of a head scratcher that you know aew they sign like bobby fish and <laughs> and lee moriarty and and uh well guys like that but they pass on on buddy you know, and, and no and no shade on on Lee Moriarty or Bobby Fish, but I'm just saying, you know, it just it would seem like it's elementary for Tony Khan to nab the services of Buddy Matthews. But hey, never say never. Perhaps it could happen at some point down the line. A Mance Warner GoFundMe is created for medical bills following an ankle injury. Mance Warner suffered an ankle injury on Halloween night at an event held by NGW Tennessee. Uh, Now, following his surgery, the wrestling community has come together to start a GoFundMe to help Mance with his medical bills. As of this recording, they have raised approximately $6,519 out of $15,000 that the goal being set. 15 G's, wow, that's... um. Yeah, medical bills ain't no joke, man. If you guys would like to donate to the mans Warner GoFundMe, I will drop the link at the top of the description on Spotify, as well as my socials, Lalo underscore THR, on the gram and the Twitter. Um, Godspeed for Mans Warner. I hope they reach that $15,000 goal. Um, raising $6,500 in, in, in just a few weeks. That's not bad. Um, but, well, in the last month, that's not too bad. I mean, Mans Warner, um, I I know him more from MLW. His tenor there, he had some he had some entertaining stuff, uh, and he's you know he's charismatic if nothing else. Kurt Angle claims Charlotte Flair might be one of the absolute best wrestlers in the whole entire world. During a recent Q and A on the Kurt Angle podcast, Kurt was asked who, in his opinion, is the best women's wrestler of all time. Kurt Angle would mention Charlotte Flair in that discussion. I've been saying that. (laughs) I've been trying to tell y'all for the last several weeks. I mean, you know, as much shit as Charlotte is getting right now with the whole controversy, uh, the drama uh, between her and Becky Lynch, real-life heat there. Um, After Charlotte went off the script, went off script and threw the championship belt on the floor, of course, Sonia Deville would demand that she pick it up and, you know, resume the segment. Uh, they had a scuffle backstage, not, not physical, just verbal, a verbal scuffle, if you will, backstage. And, you know, Charlotte, she's, you know, she's getting a lot of shit right now. But there is no denying, no matter how much you dislike Charlotte, you know, um, she is very clearly one of the best women's wrestlers there is uh certainly a magnificent athlete and of course there's been speculation field of her going to AEW when her contract is done as I said before in previous and prior episodes don't hold your breath on that because she still has like three years on her contract with WWE I believe so it is what it is um Charlotte Flair I concur Um, perhaps not the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I don't know. My wrestling knowledge doesn't span. (laughs) uh, It doesn't go deep enough to know about women's wrestling history, but she's definitely up there. Tony Khan doesn't think he's been given enough credit for the financial help he provided to the NWA Empower show. During a media scrum, Tony Khan was asked if he had any plans to do an all-women's event similar to NWA's Empower show. Tony Khan would say, quote-unquote, I don't think I get enough credit for what I did for the NWA show because a good number of people who wrestled on the NWA show were wrestlers that I sent and paid I do think I contributed because the highest paid wrestlers on that show were people that I paid separately. What they were, what they already make in AEW to go wrestle on that show. I don't think they did a very good job of telling people that. I wish they told more people because it was one of the points I made when we closed the deal. I think it would be nice if you told people I'm paying for the wrestlers uh, because it is a big contribution from me. I did pay the wrestlers for that show. It's like when you pay for dinner and nobody thanks you. That that was one thing. I have really been making a big effort to grow and improve the AEW women's division. And I think I've made a lot of strides with, with their women's division as well. Yikes. You know, hey, Tony is right on the mark with that comment. <laughs> about paying for dinner and nobody thanks you (laughs) i totally yeah yeah i i I heard that (laughs) okay you ain't lying um so i remember that nwa empower show i actually have a buddy on instagram who attended that show and posted pictures of it and he said it was an amazing time um i think awesome kong retired on that show i believe um, it was, like, a really emotional moment, too, with Gail Kim, like, shedding tears. Melina, I believe, had a, an emotional moment on the show as well. She, I got a... Guys, Melina looked terrible. Terrible in her matchup um, with Deanna Perazzo. Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she she's the kind of wrestler who can have a good match with anybody. But that match was terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That Melina... <laughs> Diana Porrazo match was not good, but anyway, I digress. Um, I concur with Tony Khan, man. If you know, if he paid the salary of, of the women's wrestlers that he sent on the behalf of AEW to represent on that show, and Billy Corgan and Co. NWA, they never mentioned it. Like, hey, you know, uh, Tony Khan is footing the bill here for these AEW performers on our show. So big shout out to him and what they're doing over there. That was that didn't happen. So you know, if if I was in Tony Khan's shoes, I would probably respond in the same manner. You know, like you're gonna ask me if if I'm gonna put an all women's event on someday, but I kind of already did. <laughs> Y'all just don't know because they didn't tell you that I paid the salary for the women on that show. <laughs> that is bananas. That is bananas. Um, And more news here from this same media scrum regarding the massive ROH tape library and ROH talents potentially coming to AEW. Tony Khan utters, we'll see what happens. One of the biggest bombshells dropped on the wrestling world recently was the announcement of Ring of Honor halting operations for the first quarter of 2022 in an effort to re-envision what the company will be moving forward. Additionally, all talent will be released from their contract at the end of this year unless their contract extends beyond this year, in which case they will be paid through March 31st, 2022. So, of course, just like with WWE recently releasing 18 performers and more incoming, uh, supposedly, now ROH speculations run amok as well, terrorizing the IWC. Fans absolutely drooling over potential ROH guys in AEW. I know I've recently been touting the Briscoe bros coming through, you know, longtime ROH faithful there. Incidentally, the Briscoe Bros also do work with GCW. And GCW, if I'm not mistaken, kind of has collabed with AEW. Uh, certainly, John Moxley, one of AEW's biggest stars, uh, performed for GCW. So, it's possible, you know. Uh, Tony Khan was questioned about it. And Tony Khan would say, quote-unquote, Well, there's a lot of great stuff there. They've had a lot of great matches and shows in their library, and they have some very good talent. I can't say with any certainty, but we'll see what happens on the business side. And as far as the talent goes, I would say stay tuned to AEW. There's Dynamite every Wednesday, Rampage tomorrow, Full Gear on Saturday. You never know who is going to show up in AEW. As for the business side of it, I'm good friends with a lot of people in the company of Ring of Honor and the agent that represents them is my neighbor in LA. He lives down the block and is a friend of mine. I am very familiar with what is going on over there, but I can't say with any degree of certainty what will happen. There is a lot to unpack with this quote here, guys. Um, You know, the way he hinted, hey, there's rampage tomorrow full gear on saturday you never know who is going to show up in aew and really the key quote here for me is just when he said um as far as talent goes i would say stay tuned to aew so it's academic it is academic guys there's gonna be uh, an insurgence of ROH competitors on the AEW brand in the not too distant future, and perhaps tonight, at full gear, we might very well just get some surprises. Only time will tell. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I, I really, really want to see Bray Wyatt, Mr. Wyndham Rotunda. <laughs> I really want to see uh, Bray Wyatt, man. In AEW, and by the way, I'm actually really glad I just brought up a uh Bray Wyatt because in the last episode I spoke about how uh he's apparently making a movie now and he was on a Warner Brothers movie studio lot. Well, guys, guess what? Guess what? TNT, uh, TBS, TNT that houses AEW programming are owned by Warner Brothers, by Warner Media. They own (laughs) Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers owns TNT and TBS. So, in essence, if you want to be technical, Bray Wyatt kind of already is doing business, certainly with an affiliate to AEW. Because... The company, the conglomerate that owns the networks that AEW programming currently airs, TNT, TBS, is owned by Warner Media. (laughs) You can't write this. It's already. Guys, Bray Wyatt will be all elite in no time. Perhaps it can happen tonight at full gear, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a hell of a show regardless who debuts or who doesn't debut. My body is ready. (laughs) This is going to be a banger of a show, guys. I want to thank you very much for joining me on the Highlight Reel. Once again, I will be tweeting live during All Out. Lalo underscore THR on the gram and the Twitter. L-A-L-O underscore T-H-R. Tip your waitresses. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Tip your waitresses and tip your Lyft drivers for the love of God. (laughs) We need them tips. I'm out.